Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! And welcome, Avs fans. I'm Lauren Gardner here at the Pepsi Center. They got nothing but guts! Guts all over the place! I can't believe Colorado it! Colorado Avalanche complete one of the greatest turnarounds in NHL history. The Colorado Avalanche will return the next year to the Stanley Cup playoffs! And now, let's get you ringside with Lauren Gardner and the gutsiest play-by-play call in hockey, Mark Mosier. And here we are with another edition of Avs in Your Ear Holes podcast. Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving, everyone. I should uh, say this. Cool. Great to have you aboard as we broadcast. <laughs> Do it one more time. <laughs> a little louder this time. I'm not doing it. We're broadcasting live from uh, the team plane as we get ready to depart Los Angeles and head to beautiful Arizona. And uh, as you can tell, Lauren Gardner is not You couldn't decide here. if it was Glendale, Scottsdale, Phoenix. He Some sort of Dale. Arizona. It's a Dale. It's a Dale. Lauren Gardner's not here. She'll meet us in Arizona. So Connor McGahee is going to pinch it today live from his side <laughs> of the airplane. I normally don't sit next no, to you. No, you're in actually Lauren's seat. We're in the is, same uh, row. but Same row, but different seats. But it's nice because it's the exit row. I mean, I, I could, we could throw a baseball in this row. There's so much space here. So much space that we could do a podcast from this row. There's all kinds of room for activities, and <laughs> we're, doing, uh, we're doing it right now. Can you imagine, people are imagining, like, a plane with two bunk beds stacked on top, on top of each other. That's exactly how the team Well, here we are rolls. right now. We're, we're pulling on to 2-5 left, the active runway. We're about ready to take off. We're going to be heading due west on the takeoff out over the ocean and have to do a 180 and then head back to Arizona. But that's the way it works here at LAX. So now we've just gotten onto the runway. Two do you think this has ever been done before? Two five left. Probably not. A, a podcast look, while a plane is taking off. Out the window. Yes, yeah, somebody just took off in front of us. So we'll be next in line. We're going to yeah. position and hold for, uh, for clearance for takeoff. But the Avs are coming off a, a win last night, Connor, against the LA Kings when they just did everything right. You're going to hear the engines rev up here yeah, in a second. Oh, here is. we go. All right, here we go. Ready? Uh, Air Canada 7130, you are all clear. 2-5 left, over. Roger that. 2-5 left for takeoff. Air Canada 306. All right, so we're up to about 60% engines. About 80%. You don't just slam it forward. Yeah. All right, now you're about 100% of the engines. You've ramped up. You're approaching your V1 speed. You got your rudder doing good. You're stirring the pot. Everything's looking good. You feel good and rotate. And here we go, right off the runway. We are headed due west and then flip around to head to Arizona. So that's the takeoff here in this Air Canada Airbus. What a win last night. You were going crazy. I was going crazy. I mean, anytime you put seven goals on a team in a building that's been very difficult for you, you're doing something good. You know, and, and as we fly over Manhattan Beach, which is just down to our left, uh, we can see Hermosa uh, in the distance, San Pedro as uh, the South Bay comes into view. Uh, you're right, Moj. I mean, it is uh, going into last night. The, it, the Staples Center had been, look, House of Horrors has been uh, used very often. Um, but, uh, but for the Avs, they had scored seven goals. They had scored seven goals in the last five games total at Staples Center. Seven goals last night versus the LA Kings, who, of course, all the talk, they're the 31st ranked team in the National Hockey League. Their power play was dead last as well. Worst goal differential, worst in points, worst everything. And they thought that they're trying to make some deals to sort of get out of a funk. Of course, acquiring uh, Carl Haglund for Tanner Pearson. 
Uh, but goaltending obviously has been the issue. No, John the Quick, Cal Peterson had actually been good in in uh, four games, five games last night. Was it was his fifth, but he had not seen an offense like the offense of the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, and they showed up to play last night without a doubt. And the LA Kings, yes, are a bad team, but the Avs showed that they were really, really good last night. We're completing our turnout over the Pacific Ocean, looking back to our left, as you said, on Manhattan Beach. And we'll gather a little altitude and spin ourselves up over the mountains, head over to Hatchapi and on our way to uh, to Arizona. I wanna, what I want to talk about, first of all, I want to talk about everything, but I want to talk about the power play because yeah. it's now nine for its last 13, Connor. As this we power record this, it's the first, dynamic, first place dynamic. in the National Hockey League. They've overtaken Winnipeg. So they're nine for the last 13. Both units are kicking some serious tail. When I watched what the Avs were doing last night, the Kings on the first two power plays essentially did not touch the puck. They just didn't touch the puck. And the, the puck movement was unbelievable. Soderberg with a terrific pass to Kamenev. Obviously, you look at the, the Landeskog to Ranton and to McKinnon to bang it home. Colin Wilson gets uh, the opportunity there in the power play. And, Ranton and just throws one through Dowdy through the air. Just a brilliant pass. But anytime you're about 25% in the league, you're really cooking on the power play. Yeah. If you're well over 30%, holy cow, you're doing some things that are really, really good. And to me right now, the, the passes are crisper. Yeah. The guys are more decisive with where they're going with that puck. They're obviously very good passers and good players. But once they get the chance, they're firing the pill and they're getting opportunities off of that. Okay. I could not believe, I couldn't put a sentence together before Nathan McKinnon scored that power play goal. Uh, eight seconds into the power plays, as long as it took. Just coming back from break, I think, we are coming out of the TV timeout trying to take care of some business. And, uh, and then before you know it, uh, Nathan McKinnon has the puck in the back of the net. Um, the thing that I noticed last night, too, Nico Rantanen parked behind the cage is a very dangerous proposition. He did it twice. Pass to Nathan McKinnon, and then you want some sauce for your Thanksgiving meal? There's a saucer pass from from uh, Miko Ranton into Colin Wilson waiting out in front. Um, and it just, when they get that set up, I mean, I would not even dream of wanting to defend that. That sounds terrible. And you can take your seatbelts off now. By uh, the way. Sounds good. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. What yeah. about what about shoes? Take your shoes? Oh, nobody likes shoes off guy on an airplane. <laughs> There's not a soul. If, and if, one of you out there probably has taken your shoes off on an airplane. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes it. Please don't do that. Just be, be, be kind to your right. seatmates and we're, people in front of you. We're all not raised by wolves. We're all regular human beings. All right, so let's go back to, uh, to Rantanen real quick because after the second period, I went around the side and I went in to talk to our broadcasting brethren for the L.A. Kings. Now, we had all talked before the game. Yeah, you know, They are asking us, uh, okay. Very quickly because it took us three and a half hours to get from our hotel to the that, rink. That so we didn't correct. have as much time as we had wanted to. Uh, shout out to Rita, our Uber driver, <laughs> who uh, did not have a oh, lead she foot, but she guys. tried. But so we're talking to the guys at the rink in our broadcast brother, and they're like, okay, tell us about the top line. Tell us about this. They all know about Landis Cog and McKinnon. Why is Rantanen so effective nowadays? And we talked about the body. Uses the body so well. He's able to shield. He's able to really, really, you know, manhandle guys at this point. I said, but watch his passing. Watch when this guy passes the puck, not only with a forehand, but also with a backhand. He's maybe, you know, becoming one of the top ten passers in the entire yeah. National Hockey League. And so I went over there, Connor, after the second uh, period in the intermission to talk to them, and, and they're just like, whoa. 
I mean, now they get it because they've seen it up close and personal. And you don't really fully understand that. That's what makes our jobs tougher is because you don't really see how fast Nathan McKinnon is until you see him live. You don't see how good of a passer, how strong, uh, sorry, how good of a passer Miko Renton is, how strong of a guy on the puck Gabe Landeskog is. Are your ears okay, by the way? You're yawning. You okay? I'm doing good now, yeah. They're positive. Big elevation change. Big elevation change. Um, but until you see it live and in person, you you just can't describe it. And Alex Faust and and Daryl Evans and Nick Nixon and 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 Foxy over there, all the guys, they, they had the same reaction. So I'm outside, they said, oh my goodness, I don't remember it being this good last year. Well, and of course they didn't because the Kings had won the last five uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. And, and they wouldn't have even noticed that because their team was clicking on all cylinders. So uh, Rantanen was, he just continues every single night to give us a different reason to like him and to see why he's the top point producer in the National Hockey League. Do you ever remember saying Men in Black? What, what's the one where where uh, Jay goes to get K? So it's that's Men in Black too, and I know it's exactly what you're going to say. What well, about to the car, right? It's back to the car, and so he brings a beep beep, you know, and it's the new Mercedes that rolls new hotness, up. old and busted. New hotness. I looked at it last night, Connor. I just thought to myself, listen, when the Kings were winning Stanley Cup championships, they were the prototypical yeah. team. I mean, they were absolutely outstanding. But I looked at it last night and I thought to myself, this is from the get-go, the Av speed is going to be very difficult for this LA Kings team to handle. It's going to be very hard for them to try to contain it. And they were on it early and talking about the Avs. Not only top-end speed, Connor, but also their quickness with which they play the game. Boom, boom, boom. They're on pucks. They're pressuring. They're doing all they could to, to apply that pressure to the Kings. The Kings get a gift. Barley mis misplays that puck. It's poked home by Clifford. Okay, fine. So it's a 1-1 game, and the Kings have some hope. But the Avs get it right back right. with the McKinnon power play goal. Then you saw to start the second period, the Kings said, okay, we need to play better. They didn't play well in the first. They came on out, and they tried the physicality. They tried to, to rough the Avs up a little yeah. bit. Brown's laying the body. Everybody's laying right. the body. And the Avs are like, Pfft. Yeah. Big deal. Just, just keep around. on, yeah. Right, just keep exactly. on going. It, it didn't bother them. It, where in the past it could be intimidating to go into that building and get roughed up by the LA Kings. The Avs are like, we got this, and boom, 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 more goals, more goals, and they just kept pouring it on. And so it's not only stylistically a different game now, but for the Avs, mindset-wise, completely different game when they walk into that building. Oh, the Avs. We were talking about this at breakfast this morning. Uh, at Killer Cafe, which we uh, we went to on numerous occasions there in Marina del Rey. It's pretty killer. Uh, pretty killer cafe to shrimp, especially. Um, but we were saying that starting last year, you sort of saw the changing of the guard, and there were two examples of this. One example was the Colorado Avalanche, how they played, how they skated, passing what we've been talking about now. The other example was the LA Kings going up against the Vegas Golden Knights in round number one. That was the changing of the guard because you have, as you said, the LA Kings who had seen this movie before. They've been, you know, Stanley Cup champions in 2012 and 2014. They know how to put together a playoff run. They know how to shut teams down. But it was the speed and quickness of Vegas that got around LA, and that was sort of the beginning of this change for the LA Kings, and you saw it in person last night in that second period. is exactly what you were talking about because the Avs were not intimidated. They just passed and skated around everybody. Dustin Brown tried to throw. I remember 
Drew Doughty came in with all the force in the world, and Drew Doughty hits like an absolute freight train. If he makes contact with you, you're seeing little turkeys floating around your head afterwards. But the Avs would just skate around a check, and that's how not just I think that's the direction of where the NHL is going is is speed, speed, and more speed. I know it's been said before, but we saw it live and in person last night, and that's how the Avs were able to score six unanswered goals versus L.A. and come away with two points for the first time in a long time. And you think back to the 48-point season for the Avalanche, and Joe Sackick, to his credit, he came out after the season and said, hey, guess what? No more of that. This is yeah. what we're going to do. And he laid out his game plan to the Avalanche fans. He said, we're going to go younger, and we're going to go faster. So he's ahead of the curve on yeah. that already, see? And this is who we're, the kind of player we're going to draft. This is the kind of philosophy that Bednar wants and, and, and that we're going to implement. And they had some pieces in place already, obviously with McKinnon and, and Rantanen and Landis Gog, but they, they started to move that direction. Those older, slower guys, long, long, mm -hmm. long gone. So the Avs are ahead of the curve. They bounced back last year for 95 points. And now teams are following what the Avs have done. Jersey did the same thing, obviously, right. and look what it did for them last year as they went back to the postseason as well. But it's it's the way the league is going, and when the Avs take on a team like the Kings, like we saw last night, they need to take advantage of their speed, and they certainly did. So that's a very positive thing for this squad who've now garnered four out of a possible four points through the first two games of the roadie, getting ready to go to Arizona to take on the Coyotes as we're in the air right now somewhere over uh, eastern side of Southern California. I think that's Valencia down there. Hello Tehachapi. <laughs> no, it's Rancho Cucamonga down there. I think uh, Baker's down there somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, Rancho Cucamonga. My uncle used to live there. So <laughs> the, the deal is that, is that the, the Coyotes now are starting to develop that same kind of identity. They want to be young and fast. Now they're really young, and they still they still are building as a team. But it's a it's a you know fairly formidable little club there. I mean, they're getting better down in the desert. They have that philosophy going on as well, and so the Abs have got to keep that same kind of mentality coming up tomorrow night against the Dogs, or I should say Friday night against the Dogs, and be, they'll come right home to take on the Dallas Stars on Saturday. So they need to keep this thing going, and the guys really have a positive mentality right now. You remember the days when it used to be that you would go to Southern California and that was Death Valley. You would go to Anaheim in L.A. and you would come away empty-handed most of the time. I always thought it was unfair because those teams would get, they would either one of those teams would get another team on the back-to-back -back yeah. so often. Every single time. And they took advantage of it and you would just come like a wounded animal out of Southern California. The Avs are on the other side of that now, uh, and they're going into, which I think is probably the toughest game of the three versus the Arizona Coyotes. We mentioned the Avs have the best power play in the National Hockey League going into this contest. The Arizona Coyotes have the best penalty kill in the National Hockey League going into this contest. I was looking at the shorthanded goals leaders. I think they have nine shorthanded nine shorthanded goals scored, which obviously is tops. Michael Grabner has four shorties in the hey, He's so fast, though, still I, so I, fast. I, no, I, I get it, but that that's why... And I, I always feel bad throwing out keys to the game, the power play every single night. Well, it's the story every single night. But I think maybe that game against Arizona will be a little bit different because you have a team that's so good at killing penalties, north of 91% on the season for the Arizona Coyotes and the Avs, who are cruising along at 32% on the power play, uh, which, which is also silly to overtake the Winnipeg Jets after last night. But, but Arizona is a team that everyone always says, oh, they're not going to make the postseason. They're, they're no good. That's a, that's a surefire win in Glendale. 
don't think that's necessarily the case. They, they've grown to love Rick Tockett and his style of play, and, and they play well there in the desert. And, uh, and it's going to be, like I said, the toughest game of this three-game roadie. All right, Avalanche fans, if you want some positive news, in addition to the Abs winning the first two games of the road trip, JT Comfort is ready to go against yep. the uh, Arizona Coyotes on Friday night. So as you look at the Colorado Avalanche right now, Connor, for the first time this entire season, they are a fully healthy team. They will skate every available player at their disposal if they want to on Friday night against the Dogs. So you talk about good. Andrew Ghetto came back. Yeah. Obviously, Tyson Jost came back before that. And now JT Confer, after being out for a month and a half, chomping at the bit to get back into the into the lineup. And so it just makes everything that much deeper. And Jared Bednar, it, it, here's what's good for him. He can pick and choose you know, how he wants to set things up. You're going to be able to roll four lines, there's no doubt. And Confer had three goals in the first five games of the year. But now everybody's getting to where they're supposed to be. Right. Everybody's supposed to be in this spot, that spot. For Bednar, it's the way he envisioned it when he's you know sitting awake at night during training camp mm. going, all right, what am I officially going to do here as we get ready for the start of the season? He's putting his lines together. Now he can do whatever he wants because he's got all of his bodies and you can throw them all out there. This is your club, and uh, that's just huge. You can mix and match if you need to. Sure. I don't think he needs to right now because things are going well, but but he can he can now pick and choose what he wants to do and to have all those guys at your fingertips. Man, it's the first time all year for everybody. I like it. I do too, I, and I think Joe Sackick as well. When when you're constructing a hockey club, you have you know in your mind with acquisitions, player signings, how it's supposed to line up, and whether it's injuries or other circumstances, it doesn't always work out that way. But for the abs to finally get some depth back is is very good. Uh, obviously, that top line is going to carry the water for most of the time and carry a lot of that load. But to have a guy like JT Comper, who, as you mentioned, three goals in his first five games, uh, he, he'll, he'll probably start out on the wing, but then he'll float back to center eventually, I think. And it's nice to have a right-handed centerman, too. I mean, the right-handed shot is something that's that's underrated and that JT Comper brings. He's good in the face-off circle. Uh, he, he's got a crazy good shot as well, So, uh, and he'll be chomping at the pit. But to, to see JT Comfort just from a, from a health perspective, because you watch him morning skate or in practice, and he's the only guy who's in a red jersey, and he's skating off in a corner by himself. Uh, what what an awful position that it is to be as a player. Your teammates are, you know, joking about how much fun they had on the road trip and this and that, and, you know, and, and back and forth, and you, you can't touch a soul because you're dealing with... Uh, concussion issues. And Peter Maynab stated that a couple days ago. He said, you know, when you're home and your teammates are on the road and you're trying to get back from injury, it's a very lonely feeling. Seriously. You're back there with maybe a, a conditioning guy and you're tooling around and you're doing your own thing and they keep tabs on you and whatnot, mm. but you are, you're on your own little yeah. isolated injury on island. An island. Yeah, you know. and, and there, there's just not a whole lot of love to go around. You want to be around your guys. So he came off the ice on Thursday after practice, and he was just beaming. He's yeah. so excited to get back. So it's gonna it's gonna be really good to see Timothy <laughs> Timothy get back out there. As excited as JT Comfort can get. Correct. Yeah, he's a pretty cool customer. <laughs> he's about, good, good at poker. Is JT? Yeah, he's talking Comfort. about Thanksgiving. Talking about his folks. He's an American kid. It was really cool. But uh, it, it's just uh, it's really good to see that. So we'll see what happens coming up on Friday night. But I just like where this team is right now. And you too. look at you look at right now through 21 games, Connor, in the the first five games, second five games, that third five games was ugh, fourth five games good, and now they're into the fifth section of five games. And 
I, I like how when you look at that third section, they're like, that's not who we are. These, this five games here no. with the one point, that's not that's not who we are as a club. They weren't rewarded, had a couple of really good games, but did, did not get rewarded for that. And now they're like, you know what? We're back playing the yeah. kind of hockey we want to play. And, and that Edmonton game really started that next stretch off, right? They played, at, at that point, I thought was overall, for 58 and a half minutes, their best game of the season. And they... they Coaches always talk about developing good habits. Good habits come from practice, yes, but beginning in a game situation, especially away from home, uh, that puts you in a position that you have to do the little things right. And that's exactly what I've noticed. I, I noticed in that Boston game, Carl Soderberg going down to the ice, blocking a shot without a stick, and then finally pretty much army crawling over the puck to try and scoop it out with his, that kind of stuff. The little things like that where you're, you're not lazy, you're taking care of the puck, and and uh, that's something that this coaching staff has instilled in the players and the players have maintained themselves and, and those are winning habits and that's what keeps you away from four and five and six game losing streaks that'll put you out of a playoff race as the season goes on all right let's talk about some things that maybe fans have not noticed that okay. are underrated you talked about carl soderberg your haircut my, my haircut looked, it looked really good last night spectacular it looked you really had a great good hair, night. hair yeah i thought great it was, hair night last night i just thought it was fantastic but, but that's not it. Uh, Soderbergh, sure? he's been playing so well, so steady. Yeah. He and his line mates, whomever it may be, the fire and forget missiles, right? You throw them out there, you know what you're going to get yeah. virtually every single night. And how about big old Carl making that beautiful pass to Kamen oh. on the power play? And it, it just, Carl can do that kind of thing. He's got that kind of ability. But how about this guy? Partially due to injury, but partially due to, let's do it. Alexander Kerfoot playing oh, yeah. in the middle. I don't know that wild horses could drag him back to the to the wall. I don't think at this point he can go back to being a winger. No, I he think can't. that he is an absolute centerman. He's playing very well. His face-offs are, uh, are terrific. He's doing a really good job in that regard. He wins a ton of them. He is a center iceman right now for this Colorado Avalanche team, and... He's giving you the best opportunity with that second line. I mean, look what Kerfoot's done. He's on pace, I think, right now for almost 70 points. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I guess, proud of the young man mm. that he's uh, he's been able to step up in that role and do such a good job. Which is where he would need to be as a second-line center anyhow in that 70-point range. Um, but for him in particular, I remember in training camp, we asked Jared Bednar, okay, where do you envision Alexander Kerfoot going? And he said, I would like him as a center, which is which is – Interesting because usually he was paired uh, with Tyson Jost and Colin Wilson. Um, Tyson Jost in particular uh, has actually, I think, done better as a winger. And Alexander Kerfoot, not just because of his ability to win faceoffs, but because of how uh, he sees the ice, his two-way game, uh, has turned out to be a great center iceman. It's not just the point production, it's the other things too. Uh, again, him and Carl Soderberg playing in all situations as, uh, as, as they have, and it's been very impressive. Uh, from Alexander Kerfoot. There's Lou right there. That's our flight attendant, Louise. She's very Sweet nice. Sweet Lou. She's very nice. She's really good. Uh, yeah, it, 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 let's get back to another guy, too. Another unsung hero, if you will. How about Colin Wilson, though? I mean, how about yeah. it? You know, he, he, just out for a little bit, but back in, part of the top power play unit. The, the key for Colin Wilson this year has been health. He's been, for the most part, healthy overall. And that's been huge, and he's really going. And when he was paired with those two younger guys, he really, I think, uh, you know, helped guide them a little bit. And he mm. provided a, a, not only a nice-sized body, but a lot of energy 
and he's off to a great year. And he cuts down the this this the slot last night. Ranted in his patient season, saucers it up in the air to him. He bangs it home, and then he gives that look to Ranton and like, wow. Yeah, man, right. You know, hey, he wanted man. to celebrate, but he was yeah. like, he was, you know, amazed by the pass that he got. Amazed by it, but but he's a beneficiary of a pass like that. But he also finished it, so I want to give him some credit too because he's played with a real renewed enthusiasm, and it's rubbed off on a lot of guys. Well, and his hard work. It was rewarded almost right away because they had fooled with who was going to be the other guy on that first power play unit. It started off being Tyson Jost, and then they started to think about it. Okay, well, whose skill set and whose work ethic is actually going to be the best to work with the top line out there on PP1? And it turned out to be Colin Wilson, and that's exactly where he was last night. That's exactly how he scores a power play goal. And he brings a little bit of everything. And he knows that he had to because of how things went last year for him. Uh, it's a contract year for him as well. Uh, whether he comes back here or he's auditioning for somewhere else in the National Hockey League, I have loved his game so far. And he, you know, players like that, especially in the offseason, take it on themselves to sort of bring it back around and make it happen. And it's sort of, yeah, you get snaked, but, but it's in your control, you make your own destiny. And, and Colin Wilson has made the absolute best of his situation as a second line winger on this team and out there on the first power play unit. As Lauren Gardner would say, please rate, like, and review our podcast. I'm sitting in her seat on the airplane right now. I don't, you know, I'm a creature of habit. I don't like being in her seat. I don't you are feel, not. I don't feel comfortable being in this seat. No, it's not. Is that you. just because it's next to me? No, no, no. It's because I'm always, I, I've been next to McNabb on that side of the airplane for, for a long time, 11 for, years. Yeah, a decade and a half or yeah. whatever it is. I, I, I it, it feels foreign to me to be, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like, you ever sat in your own car when somebody else is driving it? I hate it. Yeah, the same it's thing. The it's the like, It feels kind of weird. Anyway, do what Lauren says. Are you, are you saying that? We're, we're done? You had to no, get no, over no, to no, your seat? No, 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 we're not done yet because I got, I got two more things. Oh, okay. All right. I'm ready. Number one, get this. No Avalanche defenseman has ever had 70 points in a season. Not Ray Bork. Not, not Rob Blake. Blake not, not Adam Foote. Not Adam Foote. Not Santa Sosa Lynch. Nobody has ever had 70 points in a season. And look at number four. What is Tyson Berry doing? He is playing his tail <laughs> off. If Peter made a cool Are you point. Spicoli? All right, Hamilton. All right, All Hamilton. All right, Berry. Hey, dude, no towels. He said, uh, Peter said last night, now look at Eric Johnson early on. Johnson, you know, he, the coaches say, hey, jump in there. You've been given that green light. Go do it. And so he gets a chance, doesn't score. Yeah. Nice save by the kid. But right behind that Tyson Berry does the same thing and he's actually he gets the puck at the dot right below the dot yeah. and fires home the rebound and I'm like that's just so cool to yeah. see Tyson Berry doing that and he's right behind now uh, Johnny Lyles yeah. he, he's he's moving up and, and Ozo he's moving up on the assistant total points as an avalanche defense but it's really awesome to see and a six game point streak for him as well uh, he was uh, Mitch Marner did not get a helper last night in Carolina uh, for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs Eisenberry had two points last night, um, so he, his streak is alive, and and uh, he's really been impressive. We were we were joking, and his teammates were joking as well. Did that, you just look at the camera? I did. That's, well, you that's, did. You, that's pretty cool. You, you did it a second ago too, um, but his teammates were joking that for his career, Tyson Berry has been a minus player. Before last week, he's like a career minus 44, something like that. It's been the complete opposite this year. 
Um, we talked about him and Landeskog being in the top five of plus minus, uh, and especially considering the amount of ice time that he that he completes every single game, uh, that that's impressive that he's contributing offensively, but also is keeping hold of the puck. No turnovers at your own blue line, no giveaways of any kind. So it, it's been a responsible Tyson Berry, and it's been a Tyson Berry that is also obviously contributing offensively, which is exactly what the Avs had in mind uh, with him as part of the roster. Uh, uh, seasons and seasons ago. It feels like we're already starting our descent into the greater Phoenix area. Does it I feel know. that way to you? Uh, it does. It, uh, the You're the pilot. Emily goes, no, we're not. You're the pilot. The engines have oh. slowed, though. Sorry, Maverick. Thought you knew, th <laughs> I, I, I forgot you that, knew everything that, about aviation. You know, we, we, we were going to do that. We, we were joking on the plane the other day because pilots don't give themselves their own call signs. They get Correct. the call signs from everybody else. So we were trying to do it amongst our group. Of what their call sign would be, and it has has to happen organically. So we'll see what that happens. And, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it happens from the people out there as well. If they're going to give Moj <laughs> an actual call sign, or no, not. I'll pass on that. Final thought. Oh no, 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 no! Do not pass. Give Moj. We're definitely descending, by the way. If I, if I, yeah, we are descending. Call sign Moj. Final thought. One of the reasons Tyson Berry Springer. is able to do what he's doing. Sorry, who? One of the reasons Tyson Berry is able oh, to do yes. what he's doing is his D partner. Ian Cole has been nothing short of just a steady Eddie son of a gun for this club. And I, I love what I'm seeing out of 28. Last night he's in it with Dustin Brown oh, yeah. and two thick bodies. Bam, 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 bam. He, he just says, Tyson, you go do your thing. I've got you back here. I'll take care of it. Blocking shots, playing physical, playing smart, doing the right thing, not trying to overextend. He's just been a coach's dream, I've got to think, for Jared Bednar. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, you talk about some of the more underrated free agent signings. Ian Cole in the first 21 games has been absolutely terrific for this Avalanche squad. And the best part about it is he knows how to win. He knows what he's doing, and he loves being a part of this young Avalanche team. I mean, he's still a young guy in his well, almost 30 but he's one of the older statesmen, and he's like, I, I love playing with these kids. You know what's funny is it's hard to imagine a guy that won two cups. It's hard to imagine people in Pittsburgh who are not happy with Ian Cole as a player on the ice or as an individual. He, every single time he sees us, he says hi, he talks to us, joking around, you name it. And he keeps everyone loose, and he keeps everybody responsible all at the same time. He usually... I don't want to say it's an insult to call somebody an ultimate team guy because they have nothing else going for them. That's not the case for Ian Cole. He is an ultimate team guy because he has everything. Not because he has nothing, but because he has everything. And he's turned in to be a real rock for this Colorado Avalanche team and a huge part of their success. Yes, you talk about organized time, killing penalties, blocking shots, stuff like that. But it's how he... I saw him talking to Sheldon Dries the other night. And they were just talking about hockey. Sheldon would ask a question. And Ian was just there to just talk about hockey with Sheldon Drys. A real mentor moment that was really neat. And, and it, it was spectacular to see. And to see Matt Calvert do that last night with Vlad Kamenev on the bench. Absolutely. Uh, after the penalty kill, Matt Calvert is sitting there with Vlad on the bench. It's the same thing. He pulls out the whiteboard and he's and he's drawing on it. Right. He's, he's, he's sort of coaching Kamenev because coaches are out doing their own thing. Right. He's like, here's what I'm going to do and I want you to do this. It's just awesome to see. But that's I mean, the thing. Is, the veteran guys a, are an extension of the coaching totally, staff. Totally. It's just a great group of dudes and you hope that the, the success continues on coming up Friday night on the road at the Arizona Coyotes. 
I'm assuming uh, we'll uh, talk to people then. It's going to be an early start, going to be a 5 p.m. puck drop. And so make sure you get the pregame show on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 at 4.35. You got it. And, of course, you can check it out, I believe, at 4 p.m. on Altitude Television. I think Television. so. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty standard operating uh, procedure. But uh, we, uh, we're we working on a Thanksgiving, so hopefully you all don't have to. But uh, if... If you did work, hopefully everyone stayed safe, enjoyed your time with friends and family, uh, ate some turkey, ate some stuffing, some cranberry sauce in your face, uh, and some some uh, abs in your ear holes. My Thanksgiving has already consisted of little mini pigs in a blanket and half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They were all gone sandwich. by the time I, I wanted to get over so there. Good. They're right in front so of you. Good. They're all gone. Half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh-huh. and that's all I need. Hey, man, thanks I, for sitting in for LG. Hey, this, this was fun, actually. I, probably a part of history because... I would like to think that a hockey podcast has never been done on an aircraft before. You're probably right. I did interview uh, Jose Theater one time on the plane for about 10 minutes. Right. Uh, way back in the day, but that's that it. Was man. Otherwise, otherwise, it's, you know, I'm reading my book or hanging out and talking to Pete and doing whatever, right? I don't, Seriously. I, I got to get out of here because I, I don't like you're, being right, in Lawrence's seat. You're, I don't like you're a nervous wreck right now. Yeah. I'll Lord, let you go. You take your own seat back. I'm done with this one. <laughs> For Connor McGahee, I'm Mark Mosher. Thanks for tuning in. Like, rate, review the Abs in Your Ear Holes podcast. We'll have another one coming your way next week when we are back home. Be cool. Have a great turkey day, everybody. I love that turkey, man. I love that turkey.